Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Action on the BFOP network. My name is John, and this is the podcast that watches all the action movies and puts them on our list. This week on the podcast, we watch 1993's Last Action Hero. But before we get into the movie, let me introduce my co hosts. Hello, James. Hey, John, I'm here. <laughs> I got the radio voice. And okay, Dustin. I'll have to do that again. <laughs> and Dustin. Hello. 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 <laughs> and Dustin. There we go. Hey. And we're back, John. It's just the three of us. So how how are things going, guys? It's been uh it's been what? Ho- we've had some uh some guests on lately. We've had some We've had some guest heavy episodes lately. We're back. It's just the core three. Um well I'm I'm guessing we're gonna see a pretty big dip. In listenership this week, uh, as we watch Last Action Hero, no one wants to hear from us. Before we get into the movie, though, mm-hmm. let's do a uh, let's do a deep dive. What is I always a deep dive into John's sink or swim or seek or destroy sink or swim. The, I was gonna say the early. I was gonna say the early the early nineties uh, TV show uh, Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> Ooh, erotic! Dustin's eyes just—Dustin's eyes just lit up. <laughs> With David Duchovny. Yeah, let's get into sink or swim. <laughs> Is that what it's called? I just call it something different every yeah. week. <laughs> James, what did you watch this week? Ah, uh, well, this week, um, I got caught on uh, a net. Netflix series called Sons of Sam, which is, uh, it's kind of like an alternate theory on, uh, the son of Sam and it follows the, uh, this investigative journalist and his obsession with, uh, the murders and it goes like down a lot of rabbit holes, like talking about different cults. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. You, so, is so a, you, is this a docu series or like a fiction thing? That, that's what I was going to ask, James. You sent me a. Uh, you said I should watch this. Uh, I didn't have an opportunity to look at it. Uh, I I have a bunch of stuff I've been like lined up. Is this uh, is this real or is this like a fictionalization of like what it would be like? No, for him? it's real. Oh, okay, so he this person had different theories about Son of Sam 
other than what we all have like accept as having taken place. I did see a headline that said uh, Son of Sam says he didn't act alone this week. Yeah, okay, so I'm sure I'm going to butcher all of this, but um, there's a... It wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't fuck (laughs) everything up. (laughs) Right. Okay, so it follows um, this investigative... David Berkowitz. No, I'm not talking about... I'm talking about the the journalist. Okay, go ahead, sorry. Um, It follows this journalist, Terry, who's an investigative journalist who's consumed by the killer who launched the biggest manhunt in New York. And it just he just goes through and lays out all the evidence. He even wrote a book. He wrote a book about this. And so he has, like, what's his theory that's different from the regular um, version of things? So he, he, like, gathers all this evidence. He, um, he lays out how, like, there's no way uh, he could have acted alone. Um, he's like piecing together all these like different killings and he makes a like he also ties in like there's this area it looked like a cult was gathering and they were killing German shepherds uh, sacrifices and like all this stuff like it's crazy well that heart Harvey would have nothing to do with that you guys know Harvey no, no. it's David David Berkowitz's like is it like a black lab or a retriever or something like that? Who told him to kill? Oh right. Come. You guys. His dog is the, yeah, yeah. Dustin's the, the dog one that told him to kill people. Dustin, you know shit about true crime. Yeah, not not a lot. Or it's like I, you know I hear details or I see certain shows, but then I I don't hold on to the the information but about he it. He even goes into like the letters that were written and like sent to the police or sent to the newspaper and like breaks breaks it all down like it is very convincing let's just say that you know i didn't really know anything about it so it was it was really interesting i i just think it it involves all these cults they talk about um this cult called the process and they talk about scientology and they talk about uh, Charles Manson. Is this a Netflix? Uh, yeah, it's, thing? it's on Netflix. All right, well, that sounds really interesting. Like something that I think I'm going to check out definitely. Uh, You've got me intrigued. Yeah, Dustin, do you have something you want to talk about this week before we get into the movie? Yeah, uh, let's see. Well, I don't know if I'd call either of these a seek exactly. Um, the one that's maybe more seek for people would be Without Remorse, that new Michael B. Jordan, uh, Tom Clancy movie that's on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, right. So I've heard it's lackluster. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't think it was great. I, I've talked to some people uh, on our Instagram and stuff that seemed to really like it. I thought the action was really well done in it. Um, to the, it was in fact that those parts of the movie were so good that you kept like wanting the rest of the movie to live up to that. Um, unfortunately, like the. A lot of the dialogue and the the, pl- the plotting is just so generic, just the tropiest fucking shit that we've seen like hundreds of times in other movies. That you're just like, really? Like this is the best you guys could do with this? Like, it's a Taylor Sheridan uh, script. Guy wow. Wrote. Yeah. So that's you know, wrote- sorry. Like I don't mean to interrupt you, but like that's incredibly shocking. That the dialogue is the problem. 
Yeah, I mean, good did Sicario, Wind River. Um, I mean, know, the guy really writes amazing. Movies. Yeah, he writes amazing uh, action set pieces, uh, like low key action yeah, set and, pieces. And there's like a level of uh, now. I don't know. Maybe those others also, you know, because of who are directing those movies, maybe he, they were able to combine their efforts to make something really special. But uh, but this movie, I just. There's just like ex- dialogue exchanges where you're like, really? Like, there, this is what you got? Uh, there were complaints the, of uh, Wind River, though, that like that it didn't really follow. It didn't really work. Um, the the yeah, script I mean, I was. I would disagree the, with that. <laughs> the script. People, a lot of people think the script is not that great. Um, I don't think it has the highest like review score. Uh but yeah, and, it, and it's, I'm not necessarily saying that the script for Wind, like a movie like Wind River is perfect, but you know you get a, a good director and you get uh, performances that are able to raise something to a certain uh, emotional impact level, uh, then it works. Even if you know maybe maybe the dialogue is not the, necessarily the strongest on paper, but it, they're able to bring it out, out in a way that feels uh, you know impactful. Well, this movie, there are a couple moments like that. Um, but overall, I was pretty pretty meh on it. So, I mean, your mileage may vary. And my destroy, though, this week, I will talk about... Uh, I'll talk about Supergirl. <laughs> uh, have you guys have either of you seen the 80s Supergirl movie? No. No. Man. I didn't know it existed. Sorry, I didn't know it existed until somebody at work came up to me and told me, Hey, I see you watch Supergirl. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, they're like, well, your Instagram says that you watch Supergirl. And then I was like, oh, I did see how did this get made is reviewing Supergirl. So I'm assuming that Dustin or James watched it. Is that why? Yeah, I watched. Well, I had been wanting to rewatch it um, for a little while. But then I saw that. Yes, I did see that. How did this get made? was was going to do an episode on it. So I thought, oh, well, I might as well watch it now. So I can, uh, you know, be ready for the ep- to listen to the episode. But um, so wait, when when yeah. did this come out? Nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. Okay. Yeah. So I have seen it before. I rented it when I was a kid. I didn't remember very much of it. It is a fucking insane movie. Like uh, Supergirl, <laughs> she leaves. She's not living on Krypton. She's living on some other planet with Kryptonians. Peter O'Toole is like a scientist who builds this shuttle that she gets in and flies to Earth. She just gets her supergirl costume when she lands there just like appears on her <laughs> uh and then she fights like faye dunaway is a witch who lives in an abandoned amusement park ride <laughs> who uh she gets this like artifact that came off a of supergirl's ship that's like this magic thing and she starts using it to like take over the earth <laughs> okay uh I, I can't really explain how insane this movie is. Like, all this crazy, weird shit happens. There's, like, so much time spent with Faye Dunaway's character and her friend talking about, like, what they're going to do to take over the world. There's, like, in the first half of the movie, you're like, where's Supergirl? And then there's just, like, crazy fights. There's, like, an invisible monster. At one point, Faye Dunaway controls, like, a backhoe with her mind and, like, has it attack people in the street and stuff it's just so bizarre now it's bad but i i actually had quite a bit of fun watching it just because it's you're just like whoa, whoa, whoa. it's just crazy yeah <laughs> yeah 
So, I don't know. You could take that as a destroy. I mean, it is not a good movie, but I don't know. It, I had a good time watching it. it. It's a bad movie, but... So either of these you could take as a seek or destroy, I guess, this week. And sorry, so why did you watch it? Like, it was just on your list of ones you wanted to watch? or Yeah, I'd been wanting to rewatch it um, for a little while because I couldn't remember it at all from when I had seen it as a kid. But then I saw How Did This Get Made was going to do an episode oh, okay. on it, so I, I thought I would I watch it. I feel like you've been watching some crazy shit lately. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching stuff all over. That. Like, uh, you've been posting a lot of shit on Instagram and, like... I don't know where all these are coming from. <laughs> what are you saying? You want to watch them? Yeah, the, wanna... that's what I'm saying. I like look at what you're watching. I'm like, okay, I like I want to watch this, and then I read what people are saying. And I'm like, okay, I sounds like a movie I want to watch now. You're just uh, most of the stuff you're gonna have to find a way to procure. Okay, it. <laughs> right. Oh, I didn't mention before. I also finished uh, Invincible. Oh, what'd you think? That's such a great show. Yeah. It's so enjoyable. <laughs> I have one episode left to watch. Oh. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. Better not say, say anything. Yeah. So I watched uh, a new show on Apple Plus, uh, Mosquito Coast, The Mosquito Coast. What's have you guys the heard? deal with this? Uh, so it's, an, it's a movie that came out, I think, in the 80s. Yeah. Wasn't it like Harrison Ford or something? I think so. Uh, but I'm watching the, uh, you know, the updated version of it, I guess. Uh, it stars Justin Thoreau, oh, which lovely. is a, c- kind of interesting because it's written by his uncle. Uh, oh, his these these Thoreaus are a... No, he, he wrote a book, a novel. Oh, okay. The Thoreaus, though, I mean, they're the more I look into them, the more I'm incredibly impressed by how talented this family is. Uh, but Justin Thoreau of The Leftovers... I think that's the most popular thing that people would know him from. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, he wrote also yeah, the script. So. He wrote the 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 screenplay for Tropic Thunder, which I think kind of is low key amazing. But uh, I forgot. I had forgotten that. Also, he was married to uh, Rachel from Friends. Right for quite a while. Like this guy's got a. Who is this guy? Justin <laughs> Thoreau. I don't even know who he is. Justin Thoreau. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'm watching the show. I really like it. It's really interesting. I'm not sure what's happening in the show. I have taken edibles every time <laughs> I've watched the show. So I'm a little bit just like, this show's amazing. And also like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, I so. think I would be bad at watching shows while uh, on an edible like, I don't know if I could follow what's happening necessarily. I get more hyper. Like, so I have zero focus in real life. Like, I just can't. It's difficult for me. So yeah. to me, this is actually probably better. I don't know who this guy is. James is like, <laughs> never. This guy's a fucking joke. Never seen this guy before. Is he a new up and comer? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, this guy is an established, like, Incredibly talented. I mean, he's an incredibly so talented too. The guy. Oh my god, I'm dripping over here. I'm wet <laughs> as fuck. Get the mop. Wow. Sploosh. <laughs> Get the mop. Uh, there's a drop for you. <laughs> yeah, he's mop worthy, James. Mop worthy. Better save that one. Save that one for future drops. Right. James. <laughs> Get the mop. 
<laughs> Sploosh. <laughs> well, that's just stolen from Archer James. Uh, is it? Yeah. Sploosh is the a sploosh part. I'm not, uh, you know, up with what the lingo is. <laughs> not paying attention to these, what the kids are. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ju- Justin Thoreau, fucking smoke show. Uh, <laughs> his shows are great. I think he's a good writer. But you don't tell me what the fuck it's about. I don't fucking understand. <laughs> so, so there's this guy and his wife, and they got two kids. And they, uh, Justin Thoreau plays this character who's this, uh, he's a genius, and he's incredibly brilliant uh, inventor and creator. Um, his wife seems to be quite intellectual on her own. Uh, she's a she looks to be more of a writer type or uh, we don't really get a sense of what her kind of thing is. They live as off the grid as they can. He doesn't believe in cell phones and all this stuff. And he's incredibly anti-consumerism. He doesn't believe that we should, people should consume things without, I don't know, giving something back. And it seems that they're on the run from the, the government and you can't really tell if they're the bad guys. Like, did did they do something wrong? I, it's just, it's a show that if I have a hard time understanding what's happening, I feel like it deserves a, a like a look. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, I think so. I'm I'm not I'm not clear on 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 who's. What, you don't what know what's pe- happening, but you're intrigued. You, you're intrigued I'm intrigued to keep watching it. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure what people's motives are. Uh, James would probably figure this out already. Um, he'd probably hate people. Um, yeah. We, he'd be yelling at the screen. Uh, I'd be like, this is so hate, unrealistic. Yeah. He'd, he'd, he'd hate watch the entire series and then find incredible joy in shitting all over it after it gets canceled. No, I probably wouldn't even finish the season. That's usually how it works. Oh, that's actually, yeah, yeah. People would say, oh, man, have you seen this series? I'd be like, oh, yeah, I watched a couple episodes and I stopped. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's pretty much every conversation I have about television series. Yeah. And James is like, you can lick the space between my balls and my dick. Yeah. Which I think is an invented sentence that no one's ever said before. But James said it. Yeah, that's how I do, man. That's mm. how he do. Mountain mm. Dew. Yeah. Oh, now you just want now I just want a Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Let's get into the movie. It's 1993's Last Action Hero. James rolled the trailer. Columbia Pictures is proud to present the screen's greatest action hero, Jack Slater. Slater! Don't even think it, Slater, you hear me? This is the Lieutenant Governor. Slater, here's what I Ooh. The governor gets here, call me. And Danny Madigan is his biggest fan. <laughs> Jack Slater Four. But tonight, a magic ticket. It's a passport to another world. Will get Danny closer to the action than anyone ever dreamed. And you're going with him. Who is this twerk? And where is that smile on his face? I don't even know this kid. To a world that's bigger than life. 
This ticket is magic, and it really works. And better than real. You really believe that you're inside a movie, don't you? Yes! The bad guys are in there. I've seen it on screen. Could I speak to the drug dealer of the house, please? Have a nice day. Have him killed. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Jack Slater. Whoa! This hero stuff has its limits. And Jack Slater is... Everybody down! Now! The last action hero. The big ticket for 93. I'll be back. Ha! You did not gonna say that, did you? That's what you always say. I do. Okay, before we get into this episode, uh, before we get into uh, Last Action Hero, this is a Patreon pick. Dustin, why did we pick this movie? Well, we didn't. Our our Patreon, our Patreon, uh, Andy picked this one. It's our third Patreon pick. (laughs) Wow, former guest of the show. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, Andy. Friend of the show. Uh, yeah, so he had another movie in mind for his pick, but I, I asked him to put that one off just for a little bit. Uh, we're going to get to that. Hey, but. hey, hey. What is this side dealing you're doing to get this movie up? Well, I didn't tell him to pick the movie, this movie. He, he chose this on his own. Mm-hmm. But, uh, did he say sure why, why, no, why he picked it? No, he was just, I think he was surprised that we hadn't done it already. And it, and it is kind of a bit of a surprise. I, I think we've talked about this movie before on the show, but we've never never done the episode. Yeah, briefly we talked about it, but I don't know. We talk about it in the sense that like this is uh, it's John McTiernan film that like John McTiernan showed up how many times? Yeah, well we've done uh, only Predator by him really. I think is the only thing we've done by him. Are you serious? Oh, we did Die Hard with a Vengeance. Sorry, as well. You should apologize for that. Uh, yeah, but uh, screenplay by Shane Black. Yeah, exactly. And Shane Black, I mean, this has got to be one of the few action movie uh, screenplays left for us to do. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've Mr. never Black. been a big fan of Shane Black. I know James always has been. Uh, oh, he did this screenplay? Oh. Oh, Shane oh. Black. Oh, oh. Wow. Hi. Hey, how's it I going? I think I like this movie oh, hey. even more now. Get oh, hey, Shane. Get, get out yeah. the mop. The mop's really coming out this episode. <laughs> yeah. James just... Sploosh. <laughs> oh, that's surprising. I didn't know that, so... Um. Uh, I'm surprised that you didn't realize it, because if you think about the dialogue um, and the storyline of this film, yeah. it is very, very Shane Black. Uh, it's it's taking things and subverting them... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I saw Shane Black throughout this entire film, Dustin. What did you think? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I had actually forgotten that he wrote this movie until we, I was watching it again. So I was, so uh, did I. Here's the thing. I didn't realize it either. And then I was, like, listening to the dialogue, and I'm like, all of this sounds so familiar. Like, the cadence of everything. like every, yeah. And then, yeah, I, lo- I was like, oh, yeah, this is a Shane Black film. Yeah, and, uh, man, what an overlooked movie this was when it came out. Like people hated this movie when it was released. Uh, it was a flop, as I recall. Um, and it was. I always liked it. And have you guys both? I'm assuming you've both seen this before. Yeah. So uh, I saw this film when it came out, 
uh, after it was like, it did a theatric run. James and I, I think, watched it together. Or I possibly watched it at a friend's yeah, house. Yeah, I didn't watch it then. Okay, so it must have been me. But I remember, even when I was little, I remember being like, oh, this is a flop. Like, this is not a good movie. Like, I was like a teenager, I think, maybe. Wh- when did this come out? 1993. 19- 93, so okay. So I was... 11. 11 years old. But I mm-hmm. remember it was like... You know, back in the day, Dustin, when it was like... <laughs> You learned what was good or bad from late night TV. Like you'd watch right. Letterman and stuff like that. And yeah, that would tell make, you like, fun of something. oh, yeah. right. Yeah. And then once that happened, it was like, that's what it is. Like, this is a flop. This is a bad movie. And I remember that it was a bad movie at that time. Yeah, uh, it definitely was looked at that way. And then I feel like that, like my friends and I watched it and it was just like, oh, this is just a dumb movie. And then I found myself watching it yesterday and be like, holy shit, this movie is like subverting so many things. It's poking fun at like, I think what is like a lame way of uh, saying this is like, you know, you're, 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 you're holy uh, cows right in hollywood or right. in film it's satirizing the action film genre like meta, you know making it a meta it, look super at, meta at before people were really doing that sort of thing well it's kind of but like was, uh, starship troopers in a way in that aspect where uh, starship troopers was uh, wasn't it people hated that movie didn't like the critics did yeah yeah that's true um yeah, and no one, no one gave it credit for what it was. Whereas that movie was like satirizing modern superpowers, like in governments and stuff like that, and like comparing like fascism. This movie is just completely satirizing the movies that were made by Shane Black. Yeah. Well. That, yeah. I think it's. I think that's. You know sort of deconstructing action movies as a whole but yes there are definitely specific nods to Shane Black movies as well as John McTiernan movies in this movie so you got a director who's sort of poking fun at his own oeuvre and a screenwriter who's also like saying like oh yeah but I've written all these screenplays for movies like this but here's like all the you know silly dumb things about these movies Uh, and it's just it makes for a, a fucking fun, fun movie. Like, yeah, almost every scene in this movie is fun, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I don't remember watching it when I was a kid. I think I actually watched it when I was like, I don't know, early twenties. Um, but this movie has never really been like. Every time I watch it, I like it, but it's not a movie I think of on a regular basis when it comes to like action movies, because. It's an action movie, yes, but I almost don't consider it an action movie, if that makes sense. Because why is that? It's because of how it positions itself, right? Like it's commenting on action movies while being an action movie. So then I could see why you might not like think of it. It might not come to mind when you're thinking of like the great action films or even just like the great Schwarzenegger action films. Yeah. Like it, because of what it is, it's a very different sort of animal, right? Yeah, totally. Um, but it is a cool idea, and the f- the um, the fact that like 
you you know you follow Danny and he's he's like in the movie realizing oh wait I'm in a movie and like yeah well let's this is gonna let's happen. Well, okay, synopsis can, I want before we get we get into that a little bit okay. more. Uh, Dustin, how about you read the synopsis? And I want to do one uh, one more thing before you get into the film. But Dustin, what's the what? What does the internet say? Uh, it says Danny is obsessed with a fictional movie character, action hero Jack Slater. When a magical ticket transports him into Jack's latest adventure, Danny finds himself in a world where movie magic and reality collide. Now it's up to Danny to save the life of his hero and new friend. So uh, before we get into the actual like thick of the film, uh, the original like people who wrote the film have kind of uh, distanced themselves from what the film ended up being. They were very anti the golden ticket. Uh, they wanted, from what I understand, they wanted to make the film more placed in the uh, fantasy world of the action film and show yeah. how ridiculous everything is. Right. Um, they they so, spend a lot of time on that. They do. I I just want to just give credit to to the people who originally came up with the idea and kind of all that kind of yeah. thing. Because like that's a whole other cool idea that I would love to see. Which one day? Which I could agree with them. I almost think it should have been two movies. There should have been the first movie. They're in the movie. The second movie. They're out of the movie. James? Yeah, I could see that. Kiss, I could kiss you on the lips. I think that you are totally right. I totally get, agree with that. Mop. That would be that would be completely amazing. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. I think that we were less prone to... I mean, there were obviously there were sequels to stuff at the time, but we were maybe less prone to that than we are now in the movie industry. So maybe they just thought, oh, we're just going to knock this out in one I mean, I would have greenlit that. That would have been a two-movie deal right there. It had to be done. <laughs> I mean, I think for, I, I, I do like that idea to an extent, but I think one of the things that is fun about this movie as a solo movie is that you get those two halves of the coin, like those two sides of the coin, right? Like you get you get most of the movie they're in the action world and we see all the ridiculous uh tropes and uh you know just how absurd things are there right and then the idea of him then having to come into the real world and no longer being able to do all this stuff that he normally does that's a fun idea too but i don't know if that it would sustain a, a whole movie well but see this is where you you get into my problem where I find everything is very entertaining, but I still find it long. <laughs> so I find it really entertaining. I love the ideas, oh but I just find it gets too long for me. So I think that what you're bringing up is once again, something that you, it's my problem, <laughs> have a problem with, but I think Dustin, it's a real James. I, yeah. Issue. But, as a person who sees themselves in the middle of this, between you and James, like Dustin, uh, I would say I understand where he's coming from. Like this should be a tight one and a half hour film, and it's not. It's an it's it's over two hours. I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna push back on it. I mean, I, I, obviously we we're obviously all allowed to have our opinion and, and how we feel about that. I thought it justified its two hours because of the the size of the story and really like you're saying yeah Come on. you could split it oh i totally oh, did. they really needed I, the uh the funeral scene yeah that scene's fucking hilarious and it's another action set it's a huge action i know set piece. but like it, it it's like okay the 
type of movie that I'm supposed to understand that these Jack Slater movies are, it just gets into like almost a Looney Tunes aspect at that well, funeral. Yeah, there's, a car- there's a cartoon character in the movie. I yeah, I understand that, but it's just like the the cartoon character in the movie is supposed to be like a uh, a behind the scenes in the aspect of like in the movie world. Like that cartoon character right. is not, not in. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be in the Jack Slater movie. Exactly. Was it? Just, sorry. Was that Danny DeVito? Yes. The, okay. There's a lot of people in this movie, including really M- is, yeah. MC Hammer. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a lot of cameos at when you get to the premiere of the new Jack Slater film late in the movie. Like it's crazy. Um, but there's also Who's just in like this a film? lot of people in the movie. Let's general. just do... I'm just going to do a little rundown before we get too deep. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, F. Murray Abraham, Art Carney, Charles Dance, uh, Frank McRae, Tom Noonan, uh, Anthony... Oh, I skipped over Robert Protsky. Uh, Anthony <laughs> Anthony Quinn, um, Mercedes Rule, Austin O'Brien, Ian McClellan... Yeah, uh, he's the death from the. Yeah, seven he's seal. death. Professor Churu Tanaka, Joan Plowright, Keith uh, Barish, Jim Belushi, Chevy Chase, Chris Conley, Karen Duffy, Papa MC Hammer, Little Richard, Robert JCVD. Patrick, JCVD, yeah, John Claude Van Damme, Sharon Stone, Damon Wayne, Tina Turner is in this thing. Tina Turner. <laughs> Like it just keeps going and going and going. Humphrey Bogart's digital, <laughs> digital yeah. reproduction. Well, I, this movie deserves to lose a start for that. Oh, that was brilliant! Yeah. <laughs> the idea that you know we're seeing these all these cops get paired up, and the cartoon cat is with one, and another one is like a rabbi cop. You don't then, fuck with you don't fuck and with then the bogey. digital bogey. <laughs> I mean, no, but that's the whole point. Is like. This movie world is doing this ridiculous thing, and like this is sort of prescient in the movie that it now is. that people are trying to actually literally put digital reproductions of people in movies. I actually uh, completely agree with you, and I think that this movie has a lot of insight into what makes a great action film, and they 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 drop hints throughout the film about what makes a good movie based on what the uh, characters in the film say, just like being like this doesn't make any sense or right. You know, like what? the kid is always trying to figure out like, Oh, how's this going to play out? Because this is a movie like he's doing the, he's chasing down the bad guys on the bicycle and he's like, I'm a good guy in the movie. This is going to work. And then he realizes, wait, I'm the comedic sidekick. This isn't going to work. I'm going to die if I do this. <laughs> yeah. Like, stuff like that. Right. All this dialogue that lays out sort of how things work. But that, but um, that's why also like it gets, this is why I don't see it as an action movie. I, I see it as it's it's a, a view on the action movie genre, yes, and they take aspects from action movies. But, you know, the Jack Slater movies wouldn't be this way, this, like, Looney Tunes. It would be, you know, more like an 80s action movie. And, like... Yeah, but what do you mean by that? Because like the scene, like going back to the funeral scene, yeah, it's over the top. But like, sure, there's plenty of crazy '80s action movies that would do stupid 
crazy stuff like that. I mean, I don't know about the guy farting, but like, but that's the whole thing. It's just, like, it's, it's just that's, but that's the whole point of being satirical, right? Like yeah, you're yeah. Taking it to a you're you're taking it to a further extent than it actually right would go. Right, I understand that. I just feel like when they actually get out of the movie and they're actually in New York, that's like a gritty action movie where it's like he actually gets hurt and yeah, the yeah. bad guy is like you know kills somebody that's why that's why i maintain that it should be both of those halves should be in the same movie yeah i love that that's the whole contrast is that we go from that to to seeing the i like him now he punches the window and his hand is broken or whatever i like that i just feel like there's not enough of that like there's a lot of in the movie um Mm -hmm. stuff that i just think you could trim it down a little bit and have more in the the real life aspect well yeah i mean one thing that would be cool if they had spent more time in the real world aspect was this idea that charles dance's character uh, i forget the name of his villain in the movie here let me just look benedict the idea that he could use the the ticket to magically pull villains out of other movies to send them after jack slater yeah that was a really cool idea yeah totally like death death comes out of the seventh seal and he's like walking the streets and then he's got he pulls the ripper character from the previous jack slater movie out and puts him in like those are fun ideas but but they could have they could have done a lot more with that totally could have been pulling like freddy krueger yeah totally this would be a crazy awesome spinoff from a movie to a tv show yeah, you could totally have done something like that. Like that would have been so much fun. I mean, I don't know if you could have afforded the properties at the time, but well, it's a, that's neither here nor there. We're just talking. Like I'm just yeah, saying, just like as an idea, that would, been, it would be great. Uh, James, did you have like um, a favorite scene though? Like whether it was like in the action, uh, like the, the the film side, or in like the more like what's supposed to be like our reality? Did you have a scene that like really stood out to you? I mean, there's, there's almost like a couple scenes. I mean, I like, I like all this stuff where they're in the movie because it's, it is so cheesy and so eighties that it's not reality, but somehow he's able to do it. Like the car chase. And when, you know, the guys with the truck are chasing him and, um, and he's like picking up the dynamite and throwing it back and uh, <laughs> shooting it out. Yeah, of the shooting air. out the air. And then you know he <laughs> plays chicken, um, you know all that kind of stuff. And then I also like when they go to they go to what his daughter's place. Yeah. And then well, it's, it's his ex-wife's house, but yeah, the daughter. But lives the daughter there. lives there. Yeah. And then like all the bad guys show up, but it's almost like it's so comical because the the main villain Benedict Benedict. He's just like, he's like just dealing with all these like incompetent henchmen that are just like morons. And it's just like hilarious. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but that's really, yeah, that's really funny. Like as a commentary on what action films are. Well, it's funny, but it's also like, like he, the, the crazy thing about this movie is whether he is in the movie or he's in the real world. He is the he is so aware of his surroundings, like more so than anyone else. Because like in the movie, Benedict, yeah. in the movie, he knows like everyone's an idiot, including his boss, who's who says like every single like oh, yeah. phrase incorrectly, right? Push you, my friend. Now you turn it. 
360 on me. God, 180, you stupid spaghetti-slurping cretin. 180. If I did a 360, I'd go completely around and end up back where I started. Right, all those, like, catchphrases yeah. or whatever, like, sayings he misquotes or whatever. Yeah, but then wh- as soon as he, like, he figures out the the ticket, and then as soon as he's in the real world, he's looking around, and it doesn't take him long to figure out, like, oh, this isn't my world, and, okay, I'm going to test it out, and then he shoots that guy, and he's like... Yeah, and he's like, I'm pointing to confess. Yeah. He's, like, yelling, and someone's like, shut yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go to th- I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's just so much gold in this. Like once the opening sequence is great when we're, we're seeing like the end of the, the previous Jack Slater movie because the kid is in the theater watching it. Right. Um, and it just opens like cold open on that. And, you know, all the stuff with the Ripper. Yeah. Tom Noonan looks fucking great with the makeup. on. He looks awesome. He's a serial killer. He delivers his lines like so. So good. Well. So good. He's yeah, he's. I, he might be like the unsung hero of this film. Like he's it's so good, great. and it feels like you're watching like a legit movie. Hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Like I, I'm like sitting here going like, I want to see the Jack Slater movies. <laughs> totally. I want to see those movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, it just like uh, it rips in, and like the fuck, there's like Megadeth is playing, and it's just like, yes, I want to watch this fucking movie. Like, can I fucking rent this? Can I, can I go see this? And then once, you know, we suddenly we back out and we see it's this kid is just watching the movie and stuff like all that stuff is handled so well. Uh, And then you got Robert Prosky as the as the friendly old movie theater uh, projector guy. He's just like everyone plays their part so well. F. Murray Abraham as the as the dirty cop partner of Schwarzenegger's. (laughs) So fun. Uh, Frank McRae. I mean, oh, yeah. By the way, R.I.P. Decker? I just learned. I didn't realize this, but I guess Frank McRae just died recently. He just passed away. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he's obviously he's just doing that exaggerated. He's doing what he did in Forty Eight Hours, except turned it up to like twenty five. hundred percent. I mean, he even overheats at one point. You stripped the bed out of it. Take toes like a take from you. I got the California Razor Cousin doing all me a bunch of and a dad hand Frank doing all me a bunch of in my foot of cinema. Tiny Tim is stepped on to the toilet. So what? You ball peen jack of meters. I'll strip the bed out of it. Take toes like a take from you. You know, you're thinking about your marriage, which you're going to get down the beach, go down the beach. You know, you take the chicken and look at the back and stick Well, see if this is clear enough. Give me your badge. And this time you won't get it back. Yeah, it's got steam coming out of his ears. When he's just like going off and he's just like, you can't understand you can't, like, anything. In nothing. <laughs> it's just, oh man, it's funny. I mean, I get what you're saying about it not feeling like an action movie in some ways, but like then the action scenes are like. No, like. They're better than a lot of the action movies that were happening at the I time. I get it. I get it. I'm like, I'm picking apart and I'm nitpicking, but it's like, it is a very entertaining movie. And. I think because it's it's two hours long, um, watching you know, I need to watch it multiple times because there's so much stuff in it that there's no yeah. way you can get. There's no wasted lines. Yeah, there's right? no like wasted every lines. Line is a is a is a joke or a yeah. comment. Oh yeah. On on the on the script. Hundred like, percent. You know, like it's. And I feel I honestly feel like if I watched this uh, when I was a kid, I mean I would have watched the shit out of this movie. And for whatever reason, we, we just didn't watch it. 
I feel like honestly we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours because there's just there's so much stuff in this movie. Yeah, you could you could dissect like every scene if you were so inclined. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that what this film does is obviously it knows what it's doing, like, and then it is pulling from like so many genres and like tropes from like everything. And it's just being like, yeah, we're putting them all on display. Here's everything. Hate us. Like, hate us after we make this movie. Yeah. I mean, we there's all the gold, too, with, like, um, the comment, the commentary about how none of the women in the movie world are, are normal appearance. Right. They're all, like, hot model women. Like, they go to Blockbuster Video so that he can prove that they're in an action movie world. Yeah. Uh, and they, you know, the women working behind the counter in like form fitting latex and they look like supermodels and stuff. Yeah. And then they, they go to rent. He's like, here's the Terminator, like cut out. <laughs> it's, it's Stallone yeah. sitting on the bike. That's great. I mean, yeah. Th- th- he's like, it's one of his best performances. <laughs> like, it's just so, so much gold. And so uh, this is like also. Obviously, they make fun of it in the movie. This is around the time of the Planet Hollywood restaurants. Right, yeah. That that stuff was funny, too, with his wife telling yeah. him how tacky it is for him Maria to Shriver. in the interviews. Yeah. His now ex-wife, but uh, that stuff was pretty funny, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was funny, too. <laughs> She's like, don't bring that up. That's so tacky to mention Planet Hollywood in your yeah. pro- promotional video. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, is it just, like, my lizard brain can't comprehend, like, how many different levels this movie is working on? Like, because it's, like, they're, they're, it's not just an action movie, it's, it's, like, a take on the genre, but it's also making fun of itself, dissecting every part of an action movie, like, it's just, it's on so many levels. But it's, it's such a magical collaboration, because... John McTiernan's directing it, so he's he's the director of yeah. Die Hard, and he he makes you know there's a Die Hard reference in the movie, and then because Michael Kamen is doing the score, who also did the score for Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, he comes in with a musical cue from Die Hard right when they say a thing about Die Hard, and then uh, earlier in the movie when you know those cops get blown up, that house blows up, and Schwarzenegger lives, and the other cop is in the tree, yeah. and it's like an old black cop, and he says. I only had two days to retire. Oh, yeah. And he dies. And then the lethal weapon saxophone comes in. Two days to retirement. (laughs) Because it's supposed to be like he's Danny Glover. Right. Kind of thing. Right. I mean, there's just so much good genius shit going on. Like, uh, that's amazing. But it only works because you've got Shane Black, who wrote these movies. John McTiernan, who's directed these movies, and then you, and then they bring in Michael Kamen, who's like the tie between the two of them. He scored both Lethal Weapon and Die Hard, and you're able to like just put in all these little touches. Like I don't know. I found that like this is a movie where the soundtrack stands out actually quite a bit. Where like I'm noticing things, so I'm not noticing on the level of Dustin, uh, where he's noticing like musical cues that yeah, I didn't notice reference that other stuff. films. But it did feel like we are living in a hyper-realistic film, even when they're in, like, our world. Yeah, well, or are you talking about, like, um, the, the actual score stuff, or are you talking about yeah, like, the, the, score. the soundtrack? <laughs> no, the actual score. Yeah, I mean, I love Michael Kamen, so, like, 
I always, you know, I always recognize his stuff because he just has such a distinct sound. I mean, but, um, when I heard the saxophone, I'm just like, damn it. Why is there not more saxophone in my life in new movies? Come on, people. It's a great question. Like, damn it. Yeah, but also, I mean, I remember when this movie came out, the soundtrack was a big deal because it was, it had ACDC doing a song, Megadeth, uh, Alice in Chains, Anthrax, all these metal bands, Queensryche, and all this stuff on the soundtrack. So I remember people really liked the soundtrack, even if they didn't like uh, the movie. It just suits the what they're doing, right? Like showing the action movie world, having the heart. But then when we get the scene where he's in the real world and he hears Mozart for the first time, because that doesn't exist yeah, in, his, right. in his world. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So... I want to talk about that scene for a second because that's the scene in the kitchen where you're to get the impression that, uh, I mean, he says they just talked all night. You know, you get the impression that something's going on, obviously, between Slater and Danny's mom. You want? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, that's the thing. It's funny, right? He's in the movies, he only sleeps with women, right? And so he's like, I just talked to her all night long. I never talked to a woman like that. Yeah. It's really neat. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. And I mean, Mercedes rule is so good. Again, we're going back to just like all the small roles in the movie, the, the people that they got to do these p- little parts are such good actors. Uh, I don't know. They just make those characters seem like real people, even in a movie as ridiculous as this. Oh, totally. But, I mean, with the exception of Danny, but, you know, what are you going to do? Kid actors are, uh, well, in, are almost always bad. Okay, so that being said, like, he wasn't annoying. I didn't find him annoying. Oh, I think I that we should... a little annoying. <laughs> uh, so, I think that we should reframe how we talk about kid actors. Like, they're just kids. So, he's not yeah, bad. Kids, he's so just a, it's not the, He's just a kid. a kid. So, I think that we should, we should say that... No, no, they're either annoying or they're not, John. <laughs> yeah, that's the two qualifications. I mean, it's nothing to do with his acting ability. I get that uh, he's a kid. It's except just... for we still rank them based on the fact that their acting ability, and they're just kids. So, yeah, can you imagine being like, can you imagine being like twelve years old and being in this movie today, and then everybody's just like, this kid sucks. Right, he's just a kid, but he still sucks. Yeah, so it's like we shouldn't. We I shouldn't. Don't think sh- he sucks. I just think he's a kid, and so he's sort of. Do you sucks understand? In the do movie. you understand? Like, okay, except for do you understand what I'm trying to say? No, like, yeah, you're you're pro getting an adult to play a child. <laughs> That's what I'm getting from I'm that. A, I'm pro Dustin playing all children in movies from now. Okay, all right, I'm it. good. I'm good with that. I'll take the hit. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying we should insult the children. I'm just saying, you know, often in movies, the kid the kid characters can be uh, annoying. It's, yeah, that's for frequent, sure. it's a frequent occurrence. Yeah. I think he's. Yeah. I think this kid's a little annoying, but he doesn't ruin the movie or anything. He doesn't, like, drag it down for me. Yeah, I actually don't think he's annoying at all. I think he's playing a kid very well. And, um, yeah, I mean, he ties it all together. So, um I actually like his performance. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. So. John, that's awesome. You hated this kid, right? I, <laughs> I, I, I think that adults don't don't um, don't have the right to criticize children. <laughs> I think that unless you're writing a movie that is centered around 
like a family or like usually it's a heavy drama or a comedy or something like that. Like when when kids are either just like the uh, secondary characters or there's characters that are like driving the plot, they're mostly not written well. No. Uh, so this kid is not written well. I don't think he has a chance. Um, I think that the, the character just sucks and this kid happens to be along for the ride. I actually think he's written exactly how he would be written in these action movies that they're making fun of. Okay, so let me, let me also say this, is that from everything I know about John McTiernan, I'm children. not going to guess that his skill set is adaptable to directing children. Um, Probably not. I'm, trying, I'm just thinking of his other movies, and I don't. I can't think of ones that have kids in them really. Uh, mo- I don't. You know, Die Hard, Die Hard Three, Predator, The Hunt for Red October certainly doesn't have any children running around that submarine. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that people know how to direct children for the most part. I think that what you see is is that uh, when kids get great performances, there it's usually because they have. A specific kind of director yeah i mean that's probably a, that's a good point because certain movies you see and the kids just work so well and they feel very real to me like i don't know stand by me or the goonies or something the kids seem very natural uh or even stranger things right but then you know other things i watch and for some reason they just kind of grate on me and i just don't feel something about it just doesn't feel authentic but it might be like you're saying it might be you need a director that can get them to not be acting and just sort of be kids okay it's a there's that sorry james go ahead i think there's two things going on there one is obviously casting who's casting these kids and two uh goonies stand by me and stranger things that's a group of kids that's true so it's like, yeah each other and they're also and they're also kid-centric like yeah. where like the kids are important whereas right. like I, I mean but this kid is like this okay I mean this kid's by himself here but he's car- kind of carrying the movie in a lot of ways so it he is, a is lot but to he's all he he could be ca- yeah but 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 it's I, like it's a it's a kid that's in an adult world where I think these other movies are um kids in like the kid their kid world from their point of view yeah. like you know yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely you're totally right yeah I totally uh, agree with you I think another thing, though, that was genius about the movie was having Danny be in grimy New York City and he's watching and when he goes into the movie world, then he's in sunny L.A., you know, and we're seeing all the California landmarks and all the brightness, sunniness, whatever, you know, Mm. poppy sheen of that world. And then when they come back in, it's like it's pouring rain. It's dirty. You know, he's like in Gotham or something. Yeah. Right, it's just like this total contrast, which is again a real just smart way to set things yeah, up. Yeah, totally. Oh, I totally uh, agree. The real world sucks. John, like, do you have a favorite sequence, favorite scene? Uh, yeah, I when he goes into the uh like the uh, L.A. action world, um, I think that everything that kind of happens from that point on is pretty amazing. Like where you're just kind of on this ride. But they do this really great job of being, of placing that kid in, uh, he's supposed to be in like our reality. So he's looking at through that like lens, you know what I mean? Right. Whereas all this crazy stuff is happening around him. I, I, I think that they do an amazing job with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. What did you guys think? 
Well, I also right. think it's interesting the fact that like when he goes into this world, he only sees it from like what he's seen on the screen. So the, like you end up finding out um, like he starts saying like, oh, um, like between Schwarzenegger, like Jack Slater and Decker, like you guys love each other, you know, like this and that you drove, you know, the backstory of like why they're, they're such good friends. But then he even like says like, Oh yeah, your your ex-wife always calls you and you know, you put on that tape and then he's like <laughs> oh, yeah. he's like no, I just pay somebody to do that. And it's like what he sees on the screen isn't always it's not showing yeah. the it's full not reality showing. because we we see Schwarzenegger has like pain about how his son died yeah. in the previous film and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I, 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 that's, I that's, the movie doesn't get to really explore that stuff. But like it's it's an interesting idea that they just sort of throw out there. Like this fictional character is experiencing real pain, and then he finds out that he is fictional. Yeah, exactly. So like he has to process that. Like that's a whole other. Like it's so thing, crazy. Right? Like, <laughs> I, I I that's what I think is so cool about this movie is that it is a super wild idea. But imagine if they hadn't been able to like do this over films or over like a series of like TV, like TV, a TV series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that'd be super cool. Like, and I think the writing is super sharp, like super, like super sharp. Yeah. It's um, black. I mean, it really is. And, but it, it, because it is a two hour movie, you are constrained to, to telling a certain amount of this story. And I think you're right, John. I think it really could have made a good TV show. I don't think any at the time because the movie wasn't successful. I don't think that would have even been well because uh, this was all about this was all the time of like big blockbuster. I mean, it's kind of funny that you know Planet Hollywood is mentioned in this movie because this movie yeah. is so Planet Hollywood. Like it was supposed to be a big <laughs> blockbuster, right? A big blockbuster, yeah, and, then it w- and then. um <laughs> Just like Planet Hollywood, they thought it was going to be like the big thing, and then you know. Yeah, but it's another it's another case of us talking about a movie where, when it came out, it wasn't appreciated for what it was. We talked about the thing like that. What was the other yeah. movie we talked about recently where it was like, oh, The Driver, where it was like people at the time was like, this sucks. We don't like this. But really, this movie was way ahead of the fucking curve. Like, it, it was meta before people were doing that. Yeah. It was deconstructing the genre yeah. before people were doing that kind of thing. And then now, you know, 10, 15, 20 years later, tons of TV shows and movies were, doing, were dealing with that kind of stuff. And I think that's a huge thing for me where I'm like, I started watching with, with my kids. And I was like, oh, watch this movie. But it's almost like they need to watch some really shitty action movies first. Yeah. Right. Before they can gonna, even yeah, appreciate this. Yeah. Because this movie is so I, I I was so consumed while I was watching it how well it deconstructed all of the things that we love and hate about action movies. Well, it's so smart. Like it's so smart. And I think the average person, if like John, you're right. If you haven't seen all these other action movies that they're making fun of or pointing to or saying like, this is what's wrong with this movie. This is what makes action movies awesome. And this is how ridiculous it is. And you know, it's ridiculous, but you still love it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good point too. But also like the thing I just keep coming back to on this is like, 
I get that the audience was maybe not ready for it, but I keep thinking, how were the critics not ready for this? We talked about this with Starship Troopers, which you brought up, James, too. Yeah. Like, how the critics didn't get it either at the time. And I feel like that's the same thing here with this movie. Like, this was a really fucking smart script, and a funny one, and a fucking entertaining one, and action-packed. It delivers on almost every level. It's a, it's able to be a kid's movie and an action movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like a family movie at the same time as it's doing all this other stuff. And managing to do that in a funny and concise way while having something to say and not be just like some of a drag or too much of a kid's yeah. thing or, or anything. It could go in any direction yeah. and be not work. And, and still everyone was like, yeah, I know. But like, okay. So like I'm saying like how awesome this movie is, but I'm still in the back of my mind, like thinking about like what I said at the beginning of this episode, where it's like, yeah, it's okay. Like I still, I don't know, but I don't, it's like a conflict of it's so smart. And if you just accept, all of the what's going on in the movie i think you have to watch it so many times i i, I agree i think it's not, James, a, it's not a it's not a pure example of an action movie and that's why no. yeah maybe you're not taking it on that level i think james has something where yeah you're totally right like it's the same thing as like you just can't just show this to somebody as their first action movie and then be like no do you like this um, yeah. yeah, no, I, they, they I, should watch a whole bunch of 80s and 90s action movies first. But I think that the, another conversation that should be had is what, what you're talking about, Dustin, where in which we're, we're saying, how did, the, um, how did the critics not see how great this was when we complain every year about uh, the films that are nominated or often picked for best picture at the Oscars or whatever, right? I mean, like, I own the movie Crash. <laughs> like, that's... The hot car sex one, right? Uh, yeah, I own the Canadian Crash. No, I own the American Crash, um, which is incredibly problematic. But, like, we're trained to think that those are what that's what's good, right? Right. But there's not a lot of, there's fallback, um, sorry, there's fallout for those movies um, in the sense that like the Oscars got them wrong, but nobody's looking at the critics when they got those wrong. Well, and being like, why did, why did you give this movie? Why did you think the King's speech was so fucking good? (laughs) Yeah. Just because he says fuck once or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like that movie was totally enjoyable. Yeah. No, it's one of those, I was thinking about this too, actually recently. And like those, there's all those Oscar movies where it's like. Yeah, it was it was good when I watched it. It's not a movie I I feel like I'm ever yeah. gonna bought like like the okay, I just brought up the King's Speech as just an example. I have no desire to ever see that movie ever again. No, it's it's actually a really great example because the King's Speech is a movie that I I look back at and I I actually have been thinking about the King's Speech this year as well as a film that I'm like, oh yeah, that's a movie that I watched. Eh, I enjoyed it. What happens in it? I think he says fuck and he stutters. Um, yeah, I, right. But Oscar best film. Yeah, I mean. But then Last Action Hero, I could watch. I could watch this every year. It's, well, it's great. well, that's the thing. But <laughs> is it just that you want like escape? Right. The King's Speech is like. I actually think. I actually think the Last Action Hero is a better movie, in a lot of ways. Oh, I, I, I think it's speech. way smarter for sure. And um, I think that the, yeah, I, I, I think that we. It's like it's like everything else. Like it's just that we don't take that Colin Firth. 
Call him for the fucking rules. Shut up, Dustin. <laughs> Shut your whore mouth. Um, I, I just think that it's a sense of... Do we need to get the mop out? Th- or That we don't... <laughs> we don't look at these things properly. Um, and in the context of the of the time or like in history. Um, where that's why Crash is like best picture. So what we're saying you know is I mean? we're anti-critic. We're anti-us. <laughs> we're yes. anti-us. So don't listen. Uh, no, it's just, it's just, it's not anti that. It's just interesting to look back and see how maybe there's like a collective hive mind thing happening at any given time where people come together and they all go, this is the best thing. And then later we look back and we're like, that wasn't all that good. <laughs> like, and then yeah, other things and we're looking I, at, I people think... were like, this was shit. And then we look back and we're like, no, actually it was pretty fucking good. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's two things I want to yeah. say. Uh, two things I want to say. Uh, one, I don't know if this is true or not, but um, I feel like when uh, the album Pinkerton came out by Weezer, it got like a zero <laughs> pretty much on Rolling Stones. And then like on its 10 year reunion, it was the like most the best album of the of that year. You know what I mean? Right. Like it with hindsight. Um and when it comes to films, I feel like we don't have a really good way, like we don't have a good way in a lot of things of reassessing and pushing things down a list, right? Like we're usually used to putting things on a list at a certain place and then it like it lives just stays there. there. Yeah. Uh we don't have a really good way of being like, actually let's with reevaluate time, this. let's reevaluate this. Yeah, I mean other than like other than shitty like vice articles where they're like actually Raiders of the Lost Ark sucks and I'll tell you why or, you know you see shit like that but you don't see like let's look back and reassess these things uh, in a fair minded way uh, and we I, hold on before you say anything I would say we especially don't do that with things that we want to push up we, we right it's all down the, right it's all down so it's like like I said it's like Let's take the movie Crash and let's let's bury that fucker. You know what I mean? Like right. we we right. love people love to read an article where we 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 push something down that we used to think was good, but like right. Last Action Hero isn't getting an article about how hey guys give this a, a second chance, uh, which sucks because it deserves a second chance. I think. I think that these you know fans help these things live on you know it get things get a following uh through fandom that um you know can also reach toxic critical mass at some point too but there's there's a there's a you know if people keep watching last action hero and i'm talking about it and enjoying it maybe that's enough maybe it's whatever like it doesn't have to be we don't have to be standing on the hilltop necessarily saying you guys gotta all go back and watch last action hero but I don't know. It's just you want to see something get appreciated that you you think deserves some notice, especially if it wasn't really granted that at the time. So yeah, it it, is, it would be nice to see more things pushing stuff up, like John is saying, because it is always like, oh yeah, you thought that I watched the first eight seasons of The Simpsons and it turns out it sucks. Like, and it's like okay, fuck, whatever. Like, if oh, that's yeah. fine, if you don't like it, whatever. But like it's all always just trying to like take things down, trash it, mm-hmm. talk shit about it. Yeah. I mean, and that's not the, yeah, go ahead, James. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say like, uh, you know, with, with last action hero, I mean, 
Um, I wouldn't say to somebody that's like interested in action movies to be like, hey, yeah, this should be, um, you know, in your top 10 of what you need to watch of movies maybe you haven't seen. Um, But it should be maybe in your top 50 after you've watched like a lot of the classics from the 80s and 90s. Yeah, or or if it was somebody you knew who already likes action, yeah. movies, for some reason they never watched Last Action Hero, or they only saw it when they were young and they don't have, uh, they don't remember it being good. But and then you'd say, well, you should, you know, go take another look at it. Yeah, like or the the, the another option is is like, um, oh, I want to get into action movies, and they start you you recommend some, and they're like, these aren't for me, and then it's just being like, oh, that's cool, like. And we no we no just, you're a fucking idiot. Of, <laughs> but in, but what I'm saying is instead of vilifying, take your transformers like, and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and <laughs> instead of vilifying people who don't like it, just being like, oh, that's that's totally fine. Maybe last action hero is just for people who like think the way that we do. Well, and what are you into pogs? <laughs> the nice thing actually, a, the nice thing about I am I am actually into pogs quite a bit. Yeah. The nice thing about action movies is there's so many corners of the action movie genre that yeah. um you know, Last Action Hero brings together a certain type of action movie. And that just might not be your type of action movie, which is fine. Um, I don't think it's like, oh, well, you're not an action movie fan if you don't like this movie or that movie, no. you know? No, yeah, for sure. So You're totally right. Yeah, absolutely. But you have to like Die Hard, so... All right, so uh, so this is Andy's pick. I think, I, think, uh, I think he picked a really interesting film, I think, that had a, 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 a much broader discussion than we were expecting. Um, Oh yeah, because I mean, there's, we, there's so many avenues we could have gone down when talking about this movie. But. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not here, Dustin. You know him the best. Let's start with you. Like, can you give me a uh, give us uh, the audience a final thought and your rating? Uh, yeah, a final thought I guess would be like I was saying before. I think if you uh, either haven't seen this for some reason or else uh, you saw it when it came out and you didn't like it then i would say go back and revisit it and give it another chance because i think it's aged uh, very well uh and as for my ratings my reaction is an eight and my overall score ended up being a 7.6 james what did you think uh yeah my final thought would be that i i think this is gonna be one of those movies that we will like as a podcast or just as a movie fan It'll be one of those movies that you constantly come back to. I think um, it, it's just a nice take on the 80s. I say mostly 80s because that's kind of what they're they're playing off of is the 80s style action movie. Um, it, it's just like a nice take on that, making fun of it and, you know, all of that. But I, I don't think this is the first action movie you should watch, but it should definitely be uh, in your list of action movies. And so my my score ends up being my reaction is an eight, and my overall score ends up being a seven point two. Uh, John, just before you go, I just want to th- th- we didn't actually talk about Arnold very much in this movie. I just want to say he was fucking good in this. He's really funny. He's got great comedic yeah. timing in this. Uh, this is definitely no, once yeah, he's I... matured into being like the good Arnold who knows what the fuck he's doing. Like yeah. 
you uh, are this, one. This is funny to watch. Absolutely, one. You're one hundred percent right. And I thought of this throughout the film as a person who is like, uh, I started this podcast off being like very uh, anti certain action stars. Um, Stallone. Well, he's still. Um. Yeah. Whatever. We Arnold. Haven't moved, we haven't moved on Stallone, but Arnold. Hey, John, come on. Uh, I could not believe how charming. Schwarzenegger was in this film uh he's he's fantastic he is the perfect character for this film they couldn't have picked somebody better um I I love the scene when he sees himself uh in the the premiere of the movie Yeah. yeah yeah uh but everything he does is so perfect and I really feel like oh wow like this is an actual superstar. This is a, a real actor doing something amazing when he's with his wife and they're doing that fake like runway stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and he tackles the, the other, you know, he tackles the Jack Slater yeah. and he's like, you you're the best, uh, you know, like look alike, uh, look like I've ever seen. And he's telling him, well, we, you should come out to California, California and we'll do all this stuff. And then they, he just turns to him. And he's like, I don't like you. You've caused me a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just great. Uh, I, I thought he fucking killed it. And for all the shit I've ever said about him, it almost felt like this movie made up for every bad thing I've said because he was he was he was great. Uh, I do want to bring up a, a question that, you know, we we bring it up. a We bring him up a lot when we talk about Arnold, which is The Rock. And my question is. Do you think they're gonna remake this movie with The Rock? I fucking hope not. I could no, see it too. happening. That's that's all I'm thinking. No, because that's the that's the thing. Arnold is willing to go and make fun of himself in this movie. That's true. What is he's my willing, what is my argument? To not look super cool. Yeah. What has my argument been against The Rock for this entire podcast? He, it he's too muscular. That, <laughs> it's it's a different generation it's a different sense of what an action hero should be and arnold understands stallone understands um even van damme now understands like if you don't play off of your own character if you don't play the bad guy sometimes if you're not the heel right Mm -hmm. like then you just can't make it and the rock just isn't there the rock still just wants to be the rock yeah like john we we better get to your. Uh, I think you're right. I think uh, we'll see what happens down the road with the rock. I, Maybe he'll have yeah. A, he'll have a realization. And I think we hash it hash it out and we end up in the exact same spot every time. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll save that for the next movie we do with the rock. Yeah. So I want to say about this film. Uh, I've watched this before. I watched it. Uh, I think in my late teens, early twenties. It kind of just fell by my wayside. Uh, not a big deal. Watching it now with uh, watching, I don't know, like how many action movies have we watched in the last couple of years? Uh, I have a real, like a newfound appreciation for this film. I actually think it's in a lot of ways, I would even use the word brilliant um, and well-written, well-acted and so much fun and just like, like a really interesting deconstruction of the genre. Um, so... I'm going to give this movie overall, my reaction is an 8, and overall is a 7.2. Uh, 
All right. All right. So that gives it an overall 7.3, which means 7.3. So that's tied with at number 32, Assault on Precinct 13, Predator, Drunken Master 2, Commando, Ong Bak, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, and that's it. Wow. That's quite a tie. That's quite a tie. With some really some really great movies there. Yeah. I think I might put this ahead of Ong Bak. Uh, I like Ong Bak a lot. I mean, that's tough to say. If I wa- if I rewatched Ong Bak right now, I might want to put it behind Ong Bak. But um, I think for sure ahead of Edge of Tomorrow, even though I also really like that movie. I just, I don't know. This movie is really fun. I feel like this has got such a rewatchability factor to it. 100%. Uh, so ahead of Ong Bak, but behind Commando? Yeah, I guess that's what I'd say. Because Commando is just classic. It's just it's fucking classic. <laughs> Cla- classic 80s. John, what what do you think? So I, I'm i putting it ahead of Commando, behind Drunken Master 2. Yeah, I, I think the movie smarter and funnier, more interesting. The action might not be quite as much there, but the intent behind it is just so much more personified that I just put it there. Mm-hmm. And I actually am going to put it behind Commando. Commando is just, to me, like one of the most epitomes of like an 80s action movie. So, yeah, um, I mean, when I think about our. They're both. When I, uh, when I think about our podcast, I think Commando is like one of the movies I just think of. It's just. It's just the example of, a, of an 80s action movie. Yeah. I don't know. And I think they're both definitely uh rewatchable movies um both if i they were on tv i would stop and watch them um but i just i think commando just edges it out so i mean and last action hero i mean yeah in a lot of ways i think it is technically a better movie than commando but it, it it's the it's commenting on a movie like commando right which you can't do without commando yeah <laughs> so that's a new number 36 all right john do your spiel Thank you guys so much for listening. Please check us out on Action Action, at uh, on Patreon, on Instagram, on uh, you know other social media garbage that uh, James and Dustin take care of for me. Um, you know that we'll shit. See you next week. <laughs> Shut up, James.
Let's go, Scallions.